0: There's, there's nothing to complain about everything is amazing and then when you live your life from that abundant mindset all of a sudden you get so much abundance coming back to you it's like this tidal wave of abundance and then so you give more because you feel so much abundance coming in it's like this beautiful cycle yeah. um, but it wasn't on that cycle before my trip. It's, I, I was caught up in my own I can't believe the washing machines broken now I'm just like oh my gosh I was washing it in buckets like I, this is this, everything's craving.
1: If you're like me you have a heart for missions and may have already done some missions work yourself, but you also see some huge issues in the way missions are being done. Like why are we still sending out monthly newsletters in a digital age when technology allows for instant updates in the palm of your hand? Or why are we convinced that we need to raise 2 years support before going when all 12 disciples dropped what they were doing and walked away? Or why are we allowing denominations to decide who can and cannot go do what God is calling them to do, just because of things they've done in their past? And at what point did we brand following Christ to be a life of scarcity and sacrifice, when it's truly a life of abundance and privilege? These are some of the blaring questions in the missions world today. And Watch Missions Live is here to reshape the way you see missions. It's time for missionaries to rise up, create a shift in perspective, a change, a change, a revolution in the way things are done and give you the real story. One of abundance, fulfillment, and privilege. My name is Erin Jennings and welcome to Watch Missions Live. Hey everybody, this is Aaron with Watch Missions Live and today we've got Kelly Hutchison and we're going to talk about her mission trip with her daughter to Cuba. Hi Kelly.
0: Hi, how are you doing?
1: Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. It was nice to finally meet you and, and get to talk some God stories.
0: It's amazing how God just works in mysterious ways, but it also, also works in beautiful ways, that's for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. So, we'll, um, we're going to try and keep this one a little bit shorter than some of the others. So, we'll jump right into it. Tell us how you got into kind of the mission trip. Tell us what you went on and then kind of how you came about finding it and actually getting into it.
0: Well, I had gone to Jamaica with um, some people from my team, and while we were there, we helped out a school. And so, we took lots of pictures, we brought playground equipment. And when I came back, I showed pictures to my daughter, who was eight at the time, and she says, I have to go there. I have to go help those children. And she didn't say it like she, something she wanted. It was something almost like a calling for her. I could tell that she was so emphatic about it, and she did not let it drop. She kept asking and asking and asking. And I just kept saying, yeah, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. She's like, no, when is it going to happen? It's going to happen. We got to have it happen. So I was at a building Better mom's the following week or two, and someone was talking about mission trips and going to Cuba. And so I said, Would well, it be possible to bring my daughter with me? She's only eight now. Would it be possible? And they said, Absolutely. So then I went back and I told Lily that it might be possible and she just did not stop. She's like, well here's all my money from my birthday. Here's all my money from Christmas. I'm gonna sell my Barbie dream house. I'm gonna sell my clothes. I'm gonna do fundraisers. I wanna make it happen. And so with that, with me, her leading the way, I just kind of followed along. Like, this is something that a little girl is called to do. She's always been an old soul. She's always been a very, um, she's a miracle child. We were told we had a 3% chance of having kids to begin with. And she came into the world, um, and we ended up having two. And she came into the world, and she wasn't breathing, and everyone thought that she had passed. And the doctors and the nurse, Nurse Sophie, saved her life. And ever since then, every day has been a miracle. And so because she was just, Having a strong calling, we went to Cuba, and it was a life-changing trip for both of us.
1: That sounds awesome. So what's the organization? You said, uh, we don't like talk denomination much on here, but I like people to know how you got plugged in. So you said you went to Jamaica. Who did you go with to Jamaica?
0: That I went with Rob and Chelsea Pearson. They were offering it as an incentive trip through Beachbody. Who And so while I was there, I just went to the school. And then the pictures from the school is what my daughter said. I have to go there or something like there to make this happen. And then through, I was at a Building Better Moms meeting, and they had a speaker from the church at St. Peter's saying, this is what we do. Are you interested? And then I just talked to her afterwards. I said, can children come? And she said, I don't see why not. Let's make it happen. And so from then the ball started rolling. And I said, "I think we're going to do this. This is going to happen." And I'm so glad we did because it changed both of our lives.
1: Yeah. And you so said your daughter is 11 now. Is that right? now 11, and she would
0: love to talk to you about the whole process of how this even happened. And it's still she has a scrapbook in her room, and she still talks about it like it happened yesterday.
1: Oh, I so said I was about to tell everybody. Don't worry, we'll get her on for an episode yeah. of her own, so that we can hear her story too. Yeah. She's the driving force. It's our idea. Sometimes it's other people's idea, but ultimately, just like normal, you ran into it through local church, right? right. Hey, I just want to do this, and we'll see what happens. And then it was, can I bring my daughter? Mm -hmm. I, I like people to know in every episode that it is not some complicated thing, right? You can literally just make a decision, go talk to some people, and take your own money and go somewhere, or you can drop everything and go, you know, full on move into another country and and everything else, so there's lots of ways to get into it. So what was the purpose of the Cuba trip? Like, the church and stuff was kind of taking a group, right? And then your daughter was full bore wanted to go, and we talked a little about what she wanted to do and what she did. What was the original trip supposed to be going for?
0: Well, we went initially, we were sister churches to two churches that are in Cuba. Well, Cuba is a communist country, so you're not allowed to actually have churches, so they're kind of like underground churches. And they were just in regular houses. So they were our sister church through our church. And so we were going to bring them supplies, bring them money, bring them things that they needed, just basic things like paper plates. Like they needed covers for their food so the flies wouldn't eat their food before they could eat their food. I mean, we're talking basics of basics. So we all packed up two suitcases each. We flew southwest, so they were allowing us two 50-pound suitcases. And we just filled those, filled with donations. People come out, came out of the woodwork with donations of their money, donations of their stuff, and it was unbelievable the outpour of support that we got because Lily made this decision, and then she sold her Barbie Dream House. they gave her money, and it was just like, it was just coming in, and we couldn't keep up with it all. And so the other people that we went with, they were also bringing two suitcases at 50 pounds each, and so we just came there, and we were like Santa Claus. So the, the purpose of the trip was to bring all these supplies and bring love and bring connection, and we were there for a week. Um, but I feel like we got more out of the trip than what we actually brought. I thought we were going to go and be helping two churches or maybe two communities, but I realized how depressed the entire country, the whole Cuba country was, that the needs were so overwhelming that it wasn't just one community, one house that we were going to rebuild after a hurricane, let's say. It was the entire country was so depressed because the government has just taken over you know, they sh- there's no air conditioning, there's barely electricity, they might have electricity for a fan in a random outlet, and they were fanning us because they wanted us to be comfortable, and I said, don't worry about us, we're, we're okay. They just had such beautiful giving hearts, yeah. and I remember in one of the houses I was walking through, and there was so many holes in the roof, there was no windows, it was all just open, and I just started crying, I got very emotional, and the pastor came to me and said, what's the matter, are you okay? And I said, this is just I didn't say inhumane, they didn't speak any English, we had a translator. I said, this is just so overwhelming that people live like this. And he said, what's wrong with this? I don't understand. They didn't even know any different that they shouldn't expect to have a house that didn't have holes in the roof, that they should expect to have electricity or air conditioning or a light bulb or whatever it was. And the government has now taken away all of their light bulbs. They take them away and they actually, you can't even go to a store. There's no stores to buy light bulbs. And if you ask, my daughter kept ask me, why is the government like this? Why is the government, like I said, they want the, the people powerless so that they can have all the power. But things like light bulbs were so overwhelmingly sparse and not around, and fans, and normal functioning homes, and to- like toilets, like just the basic things that you think that every human being should have, they did not have, and they didn't know that they should even want to want it. It's almost like they had learned helplessness, like. This is the way it is, and this is all we know, so that's all they knew. So when we're bringing paper plates and things to cover their fans, they are just like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I just, my heart got so big for them. And so now when we're in the, um, when I'm home, and I'll say, you know, I can't believe that this happened, or my daughter and I, we have a a quote. We just say, hashtag light bulbs. Hashtag light bulbs. Like, whenever we get on the complaint train, we always remind ourselves. We have light bulbs. I think we count in our house. We have, like, something like 700, I mean, 75 light bulbs. Whenever our brain starts to go to the negative, because that's what the brain does—it wants to okay. seek pleasure, avoid pain, and be efficient at all times. So when it starts to think like "poor me," "woe me," "I'm the victim," "the life, life's against me," it's like hashtag light bulbs. It puts everything in perspective, and then nothing—there is no problem. There are no problems.
1: Right. Exactly. And a lot of people don't realize. Every, we all have a tendency to think I'm going to go help somebody, but I can't because I don't have anything to help with. Mm-hmm. Like that, we don't realize that there's people out there that don't even realize they should have more. Right. We don't realize how much we really have.
0: Right. It's actually obnoxious how much we have. I came back to the house and I remember the, we went to the movies the next day and the movie was sold out and my son started crying. And I was like, are you kidding me? We have light bulbs. Like, we're at the movie theater, you know? So it just no puts everything in perspective all the time, even though this was two years ago. It still reminds me every single day – that not only are my children a gift from God and miracles, it's like the fact that I was born into this country is a miracle. The fact that I was even born into God's love and I have a one in 400 trillion chance of being on this planet. Like everything after that is just gravy. So people always ask me, why are you so happy all the time? I'm like, I have light balls. They're like, what? So it's really hard to even, because it was so, it was so, like it just shocked my whole nervous system being there. And so coming back into this world, it's like, there's, there's nothing to complain about. Everything is amazing. And then when you live your life from that abundant mindset, all of a sudden you get so much abundance coming back to you. It's like this tidal wave of abundance. And then so you give more because you feel so much abundance coming in. It's like this beautiful cycle. Um, but it wasn't on that cycle before my trip. It's, I, I was caught up in my own, I can't believe the washing machine's broken. Now I'm just like, oh my gosh, I was washing it in buckets. Like I, yep. this is, this, everything's gravy. Yep. It'll stick with me forever and it'll stick with my daughter forever too.
1: Right. Yep. We, we've experienced it ourselves. We lived in Thailand for seven months and this is one of the things that I like to address for people is some people have a problem with, uh, they see a picture of a missionary doing something awesome Mm -hmm. and they're afraid that their donation money is not being spent. Right. Oh, like you don't know what they've spent the last year doing. Right. We lived in Thailand. We would um, fill up a 55 gallon drum with cold water in the morning Mm-hmm. And hopefully the sun heated it a little bit during the day, but it was in a concrete bathroom. So it didn't get really warm at all. It pretty much stayed cold. And every day we would have to bucket, you know, we would just take a scoop of bucket water over ourselves. And that's how we took our showers. Right. But then you see pictures of us on Kosamoy Island hanging out in crystal clear water. Right. We spent 40 bucks a day to stay there. And it looks like we're like living this lavish lifestyle on the island. It's like, no, we take bucket baths the whole year. Exactly. $100 on a vacation.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Your money, 50 cents goes a long ways there. And they're not. there's no income coming in for them, no matter how much they work or whatever they do. And so they are literally at the effect of whatever God's blessings bring into their life. And so that is what keeps them going is their faith. That is what keeps them going is their love for God. And that's why they get up. They walk five miles, ten miles to go to church at five o'clock. Then they go again at noon. Then they go at midnight. They they are just obsessed with God's blessings and God's favor. And their favor is the connection and community with other people. Like love is literally they are living on love out over there.
1: Yep. And how long was your trip? It was seven days. So and it was in the
0: middle of July in Cuba. And I thought I had known heat before. But there was no, and there's no like break from it. Like you think, oh, I'm just going to go. There's no, like, store to go into. There's no car to go into. There's no air conditioning anywhere. So you just don't even, it's, it's a heat that's, like, it's, can't even describe it. And they're just, like, they're singing and praising and loving on God, and worshiping. It. And I'm like, oh, my! they don't even know what heat feels like because they're so used to it. And they're fanning us, and I'm like, I'm going to be much more than those fans.
1: <laughs> yep. We, you recognized it in just a week. You know, and we've had short trips, long trips. It's the same thing. And this is what I like to tell people, too. Don't worry if it's only a few days, if it's only a week. Go do something if you're thinking about it at all. Yes. You said it's impacted you from that point forward from seven days. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and seven days was like seven years for me. So I can't imagine seven months. I would love to do longer. It was so life-changing and so – it's so hard to express – how much I got out of it, even though I thought I was going to help them and they helped me a hundred times over. And there was no way of explaining that. And they said, you know, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. And I'm like, thank you for having me. Thank you for showing me. Thank you for shocking my nervous system into gratitude and living in that abundant state because you changed our life forever. And they were so humble and, you know, so thankful. And of course it's through a translator that we're talking, but I I mean, the trick was for us to go help them and, a hundred times over, they helped us a hundred times more.
1: We always think it's for us to go help them.
0: <laughs> right? I, I, I was like, oh, I can't wait to go help. I'm going to bring all these things, and the things are great. But what you learn and what it does to perspective and what it does to your mindset is there's just no price tag on that.
1: Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Those are the things that you don't find out about until you actually go. Everybody takes right. pictures, and that's what makes them want to go. But ultimately, like you're always going to learn something. Always. So, Give me a—I like to try and pull out a God story. Let's do the God sentence where God provided or a story or something that we will never hear unless we run into you and start talking about missions work. Well, it was amazing because while we were there, Lily brought all this money and
0: she didn't know how she was going to use the money. She, you know, you can't just give them money because they can't go to stores to buy anything. And so while we were there, she said, "I've noticed that a lot of the kids don't have any shoes and they don't have um, shoes that fit. They're either barefoot." Or there's holes in the shoes or the shoes are too small or whatever it was. And so we went to the pastor and he was able to, through, you know, five other people get shoes for the children. And so the children all came. We knew all their shoe sizes and we surprised them with shoes and they were crying. They were so happy. They were so thankful. And since then, the leader that we went to, her name uh, is Ann Lewis. She has found shoes that actually expand with the child. So this money was given to the children or given to the pastor to buy the shoes. They had the shoes. They saw the gratitude. They saw the need because over there, they didn't even realize that the need was shoes. Right. Like the need was so great there and so vast. It's like, where do you start? Do you start with clean drinking water? Do you start with shoes? Do you start with rice? Where do you start? And so they realized they were so happy and so joyous and so appreciative of the shoes that they took it a step further and now are buying them shoes that if they're in a size three, will expand and grow into a size four or five, six. And so the shoes are actually getting more length because the children's feet were growing so fast. So Lily's donation helped, but it took it a step further. And then we came back to um, Wellington. We told the story about the shoes. And then more donations came in. More money came in to buy more shoes for kids. And then we were able to find the shoes that expand with the child's foot. So it's been such a God thing that not only she saw one picture of me at a school, and then she said, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, she raised all this money. We had no idea how she was going to use it. Once we were there, we found the need. And then God said, This is such a gift for these children. Let's do it even more. And so now it's just taking on a life of its own.
1: Right. That's the way it works. Yeah. What you have to do is, like God says, do something, and you start moving a little bit, and He takes it from there. Well, it has been great speaking with you and hearing the stories of what happened. We're looking forward to Lily's side of everything. But I she- know you have somewhere to be, and we've been through everything. So. Thank you for coming on and giving us your time and your stories today. Thank you. And I just encourage everybody who's listening to listen to the calls, listen to the whispers. You're listening to this podcast
0: for a reason. And so keep listening, keep listening, keep listening, and then take action.
1: Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you again, Kelly. And we will talk to you guys later, and we'll see everybody on the next episode. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you for your time. Please remember to rate and subscribe. After being a full-time missionary, I got tired of people looking at me like it must be really hard to do what you do. And they'd say things like, I'd love to be able to do something like that, but insert excuse. When the real reason was because they saw what we were doing as a sacrifice. That to do missions work, they would have to give up everything. That quite honestly was forcing them to do things they didn't like, from people they couldn't stand, so they could afford things that they didn't need. The truth is, as full-time missionaries, it was one of the few times of my life when I was truly fulfilled. It was the closest to God I'd ever been. Debt-free, not stressed, and living the life of an adventure I'd always wanted. If you too believe that it's time for a change, then head over to watchmissionslive.com and join the revolution.